for me. It's fun. Um, 80s just a. I was we were born in the 80s too. 80s just sucked for everything the the world. And the 80s just to be erased from existence except for us because then we couldn't do the pod. Um, <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. This is the greatest podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. Because what we do is we break down a different album from a different band every week. We do all the research we can. We find out all the secrets about these records and these bands. And we let you guys know. We let you guys know. We let you guys in on the little secrets. So that's (laughs) what we do here on Asinine Radio. Go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And my name is Tyler. And way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. All right, Jeff. So then what album by what artist are we doing today? Uh, We're doing Black Flag's Damage. Formed in 1976 in Hermosa Beach, California by Greg Ginn on guitar, Keith Morris on vocals, Chuck Dukowski on bass, and Brian Migdal on drums. They currently have seven full-length records, eight EPs, three live records, four comps, and are considered the most influential hardcore punk band of all time. But the album we're doing today is Damaged. It's the band's debut record, and it was released December 5th, 1981. It features Henry Rollins on vocals, Greg Ginn on guitar, Des Kadena on guitar, Chuck Dukowski on bass, Robo on drums, and it was the album that began the hardcore punk DIY movement of the early 1980s. So, Jeff, what is what are your initial or what is your origin story with Black Flag? Go. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know. Yeah, put you on the spot, right? I don't. I mean, it's the same question every week. So I don't know why I'm ever 
caught off caught, well, caught, off, yeah. caught off guard by it or anything. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I have. I don't have like a like a, a, a origin story because I've never listened to Black Flag, outside of a handful yeah. of songs. But even then, I never I never dove into them. Um, Rise Against did a did a Black Flag cover on Lords of Dogtown. The movie. The fuck Terrible that man. was no oh, I'm not even going to Terrible that. Terrible band. But you probably don't remember that Good cover movie. or that scene because it was a fucking fantastic cover, and that scene was really cool. And people were like jumping through windows and shit. It was really cool. But I thought that was a Rise Again song, and when I was like looking it up, you know, fucking whenever that movie came out from high school, I was like, oh, that's a Black Flag song. That's not even their song. Okay, so that I guess that would be like the first time that I sought out Black Flag to listen to some more of their mm-hmm. stuff. But like I said, that was Nervous Breakdown, the song, and so I think at that time I was listening probably to like early, early Black Flag, like Nervous Breakdown EP, and that yeah. for sure at the time would have would have shied me away. Even today, I, I still think I have a lot of really, really good things to say about about Black Flag, but I also acknowledge that this band could be so fucking trivial and so boring and so derivative <laughs> of itself a lot. Yeah, it's possible. And music of this of this era is like, dude, just fuck off, God. Just because you're punk doesn't mean you're good. So get out of here. So, you know, I guess I guess that's my my origin story. I really haven't listened to a full Black Flag album until I saw Slip It In at my local record store. Mm-hmm. And that was maybe a couple months ago. Damn, so late in the game. I mean, jumping on back Black Flag, you know? Not like missing all that besides like Family Man, I'm not missing like a whole lot. <laughs> eh. Okay, so uh, so my origin story. I um, I was n- I've never been into them. I I was very into punk music back in high school and still am. But for whatever reason, Black Flag just never. I think it was always like I always viewed them as the image rather than the music. Uh, I've always I've always known Damaged throughout the years because you know it it's been played amongst some of my friend groups and people I grew up with had listened to it. So I, I that was the only record I I've known. Uh, I never, I've never heard anything off of any other record besides I've had it, which was, I only heard because it was a cover from Cedric from the Mars Volta. He did a cover of that for some black flag comp back in the early 2010s. But, uh, but yeah, so I just, I don't have much of a history with this band. I've never cared about this band. I've always thought Rollins was always kind of a douche, but then reading more about him, he's not really a douche. He just had kind of a fucked up life and he's... I, I kind of very, I kind of respect the guy. I, I respect he's very the guy, aggressive in his in his delivery of words. Yeah. So I mean, my my views on on Rollins have taken a one eighty, like through and through, have taken a one eighty. So uh, yeah, like I said, Damage was the was the first thing I ever heard, and hearing their whole discography this week was was it was a lot of fun. It was honestly a lot of fun for me. And I don't I don't it's not just nostalgia I just prefer the hardcore punk music and that's why this is my favorite of their records and if you listen to the album rankings it's not because the other stuff is bad because it's really not it's just it's different it's very very different from damage damage is through and through a hardcore punk record it doesn't really dive really into anything else but that's pretty much it so that's my that's my little origin story it's very you and I are very we're noobs when it comes to black flag so there you go. 
So then let's um let's get into our I guess our first impressions of this record. Do we have any uh stinkers on this one? And then start with our biggest banger. So what do you got? I have like seven stinkers. Do you really? Nah. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say there's no way. <laughs> I have no stinkers. There are no stinkers. I do have a lot of OKs though. Okay, that that's fine. That's fine. But I don't have uh I don't have any stinkers. Um I'm just okay. scrolling down there. But I'm yeah, I got I have no stinkers either. I, I don't think there's any bad song on this record. Um there's some songs there's no okay songs. Every song is good, but some songs are really great. So and that, those those really great songs are gonna be reserved for my bangers. So I've I've seven true bangers. Everything else I think is okay. Okay. I have eight yeah, I have eight bangers. Eight bangers for me. The rest I, are are really good songs. I I agree. Like even some of the songs that I don't like, if I mean I wouldn't change them, I wouldn't skip them, but they're um, like fuck, man. Some of these songs are identical, and it irritates me. <laughs> but yeah, I can, um, I can see that. I don't want to like completely shit in this band. So let's let's do my let's do my biggest banger, right? What do you got? A six pack, baby. That's my biggest banger. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's my Dude. six. That's my six banger, but okay. First of all, dope bass line. I like, I mean, I guess we'll get into like a little bit more of the drumming too, but I like that you can hear the snare chain. Like the bass mm-hmm. is turned up so loud and wherever they were recording was probably so cramped and so shitty that they didn't like move the snare out of the room or wherever they recorded. So you can hear like the, <laughs> the, like the snare chain rattling. It's <laughs> so stupid and so... It's so, it's, you know, it's so kid. It's so childish. I, I like it. It's good. It is very good. I did, I did read too that, uh, that a lot of the, what you, what you said was like the snare chain. I'm thinking it might be, um, the drummer Robo's, like he had, he wore like metal bracelets and I, I kind of hear it throughout the record, but apparently it, that, 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 that clinging sound you're hearing is his bracelet hitting the drums or it's like just his bracelets hitting each other. So that's what you're hearing. It might not, it not might not actually be the the chain underneath the snare. So like it might the, just be his bracelets. The bracelet thing comes into play when he's playing the drums, and you can hear like a little clicking, like a little clingy clanging as he's playing yeah. the drums. Like when we practice at like a studio and it's cramped, and you get a little bit of feedback from some of like the more bass side of your guitar, and you hear the chain rattling. That is. Oh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's just like straight oh, okay. warm up shit. That's that's <laughs> that's. I mean, that's bush league essentially what it is. Yeah, but it's just jamming with your buddies. But if if like I don't know, dude, if fucking Cage the Elephant did something like that, it would sound so. It would be so cliche, and you you think like, dude, you guys are just trying to do something that you're that you're not involved with. Like you guys aren't that band. But yeah, because of it, because of the time, because it's Black Flag, it's okay. And I'm fine with that. And I'm totally fine with that because, dude, like that's, that's what, what they were. That's what Black Flag was, not just for this album, for almost their entire existence. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was so, it was very DIY. It was very, just kind of like, just do whatever. Just if, if it sounds good right here, then we're just going to keep it. Like we're not, they were, they were never a band to perfect anything. And it definitely shows when, when they try to experiment more. But even on this record, the more straightforward record, it was just like, it seems like they just did one take, maybe two takes, and that was it. And then in the end, they just keep the first take. Because I read, a, I read on a few songs that Rollins cut a couple, couple vocal takes on some songs, and they ended up just keeping the original. 
Like the, they didn't even bother with the, any of uh, the other alternate takes. You can definitely hear like the 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 one take. Let's let's do it. Let's fuck it. Let's do it live type vibe. Like my problem with this, and like a lot of music in in a specific genre at a specific era from a specific band, is dude they were use Sony riffs and it's irritating. And especially yeah. in like the last half of the album, there's like three songs in a row where I fucking swear to God, dude, they used like the same riff over and over and over. And it's just, it's just like, why, why the fuck are these guys idolized for their music and not their ethic? Because outside of, of their music, I think this band is to this band is so cool, but yeah, they are a lot. Dude, most of their music is just like, okay, that's cool, I guess. But no, dude, yeah. like you fucking, if they played damage in its entirety, people will be singing like, which I think are, are, okay songs at best but like the deeper cuts like padded cell life of pain the last songs mm-hmm. like dude there's the same fucking baseline dude it's the same fucking riff it's the same <laughs> yeah. thing but you know people I, be I like oh dude it. padded cells right their best fucking song and you fucking stupid no it's not the same thing they've done i was gonna say like yeah times the last the last like three or four songs are they're they're at moments they're interchangeable for sure for sure except for the last song the last song is wild that's a wild one. It's not a banger for me, but it's wild. I'll, I'll, I'll give that damage one. I'll give it that. It is, it is fucking weird, and it starts off <laughs> weird, and just, it's a weird it never, song. It never lets up. It never, ever lets up. Uh, so so yeah, six, six Pack, pack. Six, six Pack yeah. is, is my favorite. Um, I, I think everything just sort of layers into a really cool groove. And mm. again, here's like, if we're just basing off of albums, here's like the first glimpse we get of like a surf rock element to it and you can hear yeah. a little bit of surf rock you can hear a little bit of that of that twanginess a little bit of the verb in there but this band this band incorporates it but doesn't in any way lean on it and i i love that i've i don't think i've heard like a surf they're not a surf band but like i don't think i've heard any punk band that's been influenced by surf music incorporated into the music so subtly as they do because even pennywise yeah. have said they were they were influenced by surf music but I mean, I'm not like a huge it. Pennywise fan, but I, you never hear that. No, I've never heard it, and it's not over the top like Dead Kennedys, where his entire guitar tone and style is all surf based. Right, exactly. And so, like Black Flags just did a phenomenal job at incorporating where they grew up. Or well, not all of them; they didn't all grow up in Hermosa, but where they formed, where yeah. where they became Black Flag. And I think that's that's just fucking cool. And Hermosa is a dope city. I th- yeah, I, I love Hermosa. I've Herm- never had a bad time there. Hermosa is like what we wished Huntington Beach was. Exact. That's you're you're spot on. You're spot <laughs> on. It doesn't have like the the kind of trashiness that Huntington has. It's a little bit classier, but it's still just as wild. Maybe maybe Hermosa is what Huntington Beach was like in the '60s or '70s. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe because Huntington just got way too commercial and way too rich white people yeah. and horrible yeah i was i, I actually w- was i went to main street huntington for mother's day so what a week ago two weeks ago and i mean it was packed on a saturday saturday afternoon it was yeah. it was fucking packed but it was just like i don't know it just seemed like a lot of tourists a lot of just like i don't know it just didn't seem it just it was weird it was a weird experience not people i expected to see there at least not that i really belong there because i i, I don't but like I'll admit it. I, I've, I'm just not a honey. I'm not a, I'm not someone who hangs out there. And I felt like most of the people there aren't those kind of people. 
It was it was a weird. It was a weird experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's lost a lot of its charm, and it's more just like just snooty, just kind of jerk offs, and I don't know. There's no, there's no, scene. there's no integrity whatsoever in, on Main Street Huntington anymore. Yeah, there's none whatsoever. Yeah, you're right. But it's kind of, it is kind of cool though, because they they actually shut down most of the street, so you could just kind of like, it's kind of like uh, Santa Monica, where you could just kind of like walk wherever you want. Yeah. Like, to be fair, so. that street should always be shut down. There should be no cars <laughs> on that right. street fucking ever. <laughs> no, that's a good point too. That's Stupid. a very good point. It's so narrow. It it just does not fit the capacity of that city tourist wise or any any in any case but yeah anyway uh anyway. so six pack i this is like i said this is my 6b um this was had some really good gang vocals when they when they're just like screaming six pack it's really good uh and then also a fun little fact about this one they they had actually recorded this with des Kadena on vocals on the uh his the ep that he was on with whatever the fuck that ep is called um, uh six pack is it, oh yeah, I guess it is a six pack EP. <laughs> but yeah, so wait, no. Yeah, that was uh nineteen that was uh that was eighty one. Yeah, yeah, okay, you're right. You're yeah. right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so yeah, it was it's been recorded twice and um it's really good. So should we play a little bit of it and then get into the lyrics real quick and then Sure talk about whatever? Do it. Okay, yeah, so here's up. um here's six pack from the Black Flags. There's uh there's most of six pack from Black Flag. Dude, it's so sloppy. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. Like the, the, there's like tempo changes halfway through like parts of the riffs. Uh, it's so it, it has so much charm. Like a band doing this nowadays would never ever fly, but in this scene, it was totally acceptable. I love it. I love it to death. It's. Uh I I agree. I I think this band is is at at best just a bunch of guys having a great time, no matter what they sound like. But then, mm-hmm. at worst, they they think that everything they do is also like really good, and that's not that's not <laughs> accurate. And that no, 
that's irritating. But like, dude, just they're they're, they're again their worth their work ethic and just what they brought to the table. It's mm-hmm. fucking cool. Yeah, super super cool. And then you know, lyrically on this one, it's it's just a critique. Of, I mean, it's him criticizing. Just people who just love to drink and just do it all the time, and that's their entire life. They, I mean, they do nothing else. They have no no real personality. It's just drinking, drinking, drinking. That's it. <laughs> as a bit so, of a Coors Light, <laughs> as we're drinking beers and all yeah. that. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. funny because this band is actually really positive. Like lyrically, there's a lot of positive themes. Yeah. In like like s- sprinkled throughout this album. But I mean, for one, they're they're completely overshadowed by the aggression, and two, Henry Rollins was not the lyricist that he became in this album. It's just no, not, not, at all. not here whatsoever. But like this, this one's cool. So the, like you said, this is this is a cool take on like alcohol and the the culture surrounding alcohol, and it's a little bit deeper Especially than that it's, scene. It's, it's goofy like delivery portrays and like. In the song, he chooses alcohol over his girlfriend, and he says that he's born with a bottle in his mouth. And then it kind of makes you think, like, what if, like, what if Anheuser Busch has been conditioning us from infancy with bottles in our mouth to drink Budweiser when we grow up? <laughs> like, what if, what if we're, what if we're conditioned from day one to be alcoholics? So, yeah, you, it's true. And then reading more about his, his like his. Because, I, like I said, I, I read very little about his life, but the the bit I did read was very interesting, and I kind of kind of wonder too if like this is like a traumatic thing he kind of experienced growing up. Like he he always he's from what I read, he's talked a lot about how much he hates his dad, and how like after a certain point, like when he became an adult, he has never talked to him, seen him since, and knows nothing about what his dad has done since he left. So he's completely abandoned his dad. So it kind of makes me think like, is this kind of like him? Say, talking about like his his growing up and this is how his dad act dad acted i should say i don't know it's i mean that that i mean the, the the umbrella term to use would be like daddy issues right but that's a very yeah i mean that's that's stuff that stays with you people change forever we talked about like buck owens when his best friend died and even he said he yeah. was never the same after it happened and so like people fucking change and and are never the same and they know they're never the same and they know that they Maybe they they don't they shouldn't be acting like this, but you, you can't help it. But then also mm-hmm. like Keith Morris too wasn't Keith Morris like wildly out of control as opposed to yeah everybody was. else in the band. And so that's that's another thing but, too that that was interesting is to see a band go from. I mean, they weren't all they, 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 these guys aren't straight edge either. Like we're, I don't want to paint the picture like these guys are straight edge. No, but, they were, and and that that's kind of like the annoying thing too. Like at least in in like a more modern sense, like when we were growing up, I remember a lot of people, like straight edge people that we we hung out with or we grew up with, they always loved Black Flag, and I just always assumed that they were a straight edge band. I, no. I really that's what I thought. That yeah, no, that's what I thought until like more recently, and then I realized, well, H- Rollins has never been opposed to to drug use or alcohol alcohol use, but he doesn't use it. And then reading more about Greg Ginn, the guy was like a total fucking pothead. Yeah, he did all the time. Yeah, and not only like psychedelics too, not just weed, but psychedelics too. So like they're not a straight edge band, but I was always like led to believe that they were because a lot of of straight edge people I knew were very into Black Flag 
or they were like their favorite band. So I always assume they were part of that scene, but they're not at all. It's but crazy. For, like for one, that shows you that the people who thought Black Flag were straight edge really listened to Black Flag, right? Because there's that too. Yeah. If you really listen to Black Flag, you would think this band could quite possibly be straight edge because most, if not all, of these songs are about like addiction, not just addiction to alcohol or drugs, but like technology to yeah. to the world being too easy on us. Like this is mm-hmm. it's it's pretty impressive how how deep and woke this was for being so early on and for yeah, being and so that, gritty. But straight edge music ha- has always been very aggressive, especially in the early eighties. The straight edge movement and that scene was very aggressive. So that's another reason why I thought that because they're black flag are an aggressive band. So I just always lumped them in with that. So I, I was wrong. I've been wrong for years. No, it's, but it's not, it's, it's not like your fault. I mean, like the dude from fucking minor threat, right? I don't know what his name is, but like that, that guy is, is the founder of straight edge or, or wait, not Ian McKay, right? Yeah. Wait, was he a minor threat too? I thought he was just in Fugazi. No, he was. If we're talking about the same guy, he for sure was minor threat. Oh no, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Ian McKay, yeah, yeah, because he was in Fugazi as well. well. I guess Fugazi was after minor threat then. Right? Look at that! See the the guy, the guy's everywhere. Then the guy, you know, whatever for whatever that's wait, worth. Wasn't he in Fugazi? Wait, dude, I'm like, I don't know if Ian he was McKay in Fugazi. In... I know for sure now. I hear his name. He that he's the guy from Minor Threat. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he was also in Fugazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Because okay. What a cool dude! Like, what front, front, be the front man of two huge bands. That's cool. <laughs> but see, that's see there. Ian McKay is a, is is a guy that I've never really cared to listen to his music because he's everywhere. Like, you watch any documentary, Ian McKay's on it. Like, people always cite him as being like a huge influence. They always cite Fugazi, Minor Threat as huge, huge influences. But I just never. I don't know. I just I was like, okay, he's probably good, but I I don't. It just never was enough to interest me. There were he was just a guy like I figured he was more of an image than a than anything else. And that's how I felt about Black Flag. But so who knows? You know, Minor Threat could be the greatest band ever. Ever, you know. To I mean, make that's music. no and same with Fugazi. That's no that that's no like discredit to not listening to Minor Threat. Like, dude, we can't listen to fucking every single fucking band. This is not it's not mm-hmm. possible. It's not going to happen. We're just not going to do it. And, but True. but like we we both know who he is, and we both know that he is influential not only in like the punk scene, but like the straight edge scene, the DIY scene. He was highly influential, like in the seventies, yeah. in the eighties. So he has done a lot of things. So we know who he is. Maybe not listened to a lot of Fugazi or Minor Threat, but I don't know, whatever. But yeah, you're right. Like straight edge people, people like those people. Straight edge, <laughs> straight edge has always seemed very aggressive. Like. You do drugs, bro. I'ma fuck you up, like that that type of aggression, you know. Like, yeah, and just reading about you know the the scene back in the early '80s, everybody talks about how just really dangerous it was. Like not only just like severe beatings, but killings and rapes, and you know it was just. I get. I mean, everything I've read in about the early '80s was just kind of scary. Like, like we did. I mean, when when we were growing up in like kind of the punk or hardcore scene here, it seems it was like here it was like completely tame and just straight fun. But back then it was just like a real element of danger. Well, I mean, don't like forget be like, killed easily. Like, like remember FSE friends stand United, the, or fuck shit up. 
Like they were the 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 straight edge anti racist anti drugs people from like Boston, and they would no. go around. Dude, they would go around. They, like the FBI even like classified them as a street gang, and their their main leader was eventually prisoned. But they used to go around to drug dealers and like beat the shit out of them, take their money, take their drugs, like destroy the drugs, and then like donate the money, and then like. The FBI cracked down. The police cracked down. But they, they would go to, like, these horrible areas in Boston and, like, fucking beat the shit out of drug dealers standing on the street corner and take all their shit. Oh, shit. No, I did not. I did not know that. <laughs> but they were, but they were all they were all straight. God, dude, one of the guys, like, did, like, a doc on it, too, or, like, did, like, a paper or something on it. I can't remember his name. But uh, dude, huh. they're, they're called Friends Stand United. They're, they've, they've, they were in, like, the late 80s. And the guy even had a band. What fucking band was he in? He was, I, I don't remember what the um, fuck band he was. He was he had a band. Interesting. I'm I'm trying to look it up right now, real quick. But there's there's too much written about it, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know for, what band it is. whatever it was. But that 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 correlates back to to, to straight edge people being hyper aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> which is which what is a, what a scene. Which is funny because I mean, like the whole point of of being straight edge is to, I I think is is to promote like a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, that's what it was. But like that's be- what I've always known it as. Beating people up is not a, a healthy form of communication. <laughs> yeah. In to, most to prove your point, yeah. yeah. Beating the shit out of people to prove your point is not, it's kind of, you're missing the point. That, that you know, I don't know. <sighs> what are we talking about, six-pack? Okay. We were, yeah, we were talking about six-pack. So do, do we have anything else on this one? No, that's it. What's your, what's okay. your 1B? What do you got? Rise above. Rise above. We're gonna rise above. Rise gonna rise above. above. That's my two B. First song, opener. It's it. I mean, you can't help but sing along to it. It's so simple. It's so catchy, dude. I love it. And then the the beginning, like the first within the first ten seconds, they fuck up so bad, but they just keep going. Like <laughs> it. It's such a. I I I. No band in their right mind would do that. We would keep that that amount of just fucking up in their record, and then have it be their biggest song. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty uh, damn crazy. This is like the quintessential poster child for let's just repeat something catchy throughout the whole song <laughs> and it'll be a banger. Yeah. And like this is like this is the perfect example of that. And maybe the best example of that. The first example of that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, of this scene especially. They they were uh they were trendsetters, they were revolutionaries within the scene. And I mean, imagine seeing them play this song in 1981. I I just, I can't imagine how wild that show must have been. Like the crowd and just everybody jumping around and like, I don't know, just just screaming rise above with the, with the, with Rollins must have just been an unreal experience. It's so cruel. It's it's just, it's so weird to me that like the amount of, the amount of violence that is, that has like followed this band and and I get like Rollins is a very aggressive looking person, and yeah. then when he started working out, he he got really buff, and that's also <laughs> very aggressive, right? Like a lot of hardcore. But he had like a Tim reason Levisi's, for doing that. A lot of a lot of a lot of people get really buff and they look very aggressive, so I yeah. I, I get it. But like in their early years, like a lot of the fights, a lot of like the 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 beer throwing, a lot of like the the knife pulling, I just don't understand. And this is just a, a, we're victims of our time, I guess. We just didn't grow up in this area and this scene. I just don't understand like why people would shit on a band that they like so much, 
and mm. not want them to succeed. But that's that's the whole punk ethic. The whole punk what ethos, ethos. or the whole punk ethos. Yeah. That's that's what it's all about. Like if if one band does anything different, it's just every. I mean, you just you have to hate them, and you've seen it with. I mean, bands that we love, Green Day, AFI. Like, you deviate just just the slightest off the path, like you're you're fucking done. That that's it. That's all. And I mean, like like fighting is is one thing. Like fighting is it's. I don't want to say fine, but fighting you can you can take. I mean, a form mm-hmm. of fighting is essentially moshing and slam dancing and. And hardcore yeah. throwing your fucking feet up in the air. That's that's kind of like a form of fighting. You are out there trying to hurt people because it's funny. Who cares? I don't know, whatever. But like some of the things that happened to these guys while they were on stage, like people pulling knives on them while they're on stage, people like throwing broken beer bottles, trying to cut them while they are on stage, people pulling <laughs> know, guns. It's, it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And then yeah. it's and then it's 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 like these the, the guys in Black Flag, not that they ever did whatsoever, but you you think like where's where's security? Why why are the police not involved? And I, the the Black Flag and police the Black Flags, and the police never had like a good history, so no, that's never. understandable. But as I don't know, maybe it's just dude, it's just so it's so weird to think about now because of all like the lawsuits that could potentially happen from this and all yeah. the all the liability and the insurance claims. <laughs> I just can't. It makes me. It stresses me out thinking that that life was like this. But it, when you think about it, when you think about it too, the, these bands, especially Black Flag, they were so DIY that they were they were doing everything themselves. Like they were promoting their own shows. They were going to clubs saying, you know, let us play here, and then but we'll take care of everything else essentially. So that the club owner would just say, you know, okay, I'll take I'll take all the money and not do anything, and then they would sell out a show, and then you know, yeah, shit would happen. But then they they wouldn't hire security. So I feel. I feel like that was one re- or that actually was one reason why uh Henry Rollins bulked up. That's why he started weightlifting and got super into that so he could protect himself because he was literally being attacked on stage. Every show. Every fucking show people were trying to fight his ass and then he beat the shit out of him because he was so fucking ripped. He was so big that he would he, but he had to do it otherwise he wouldn't survive. His band wouldn't survive had he not defended himself had he not bulked up had he not beaten the shit out of other people it so becomes he, he like this that, this weird he gained like that reputation because he had to he, he he had to do it otherwise he would have never made it he would have got his ass fucking whooped had he not defended himself and not but been this it, angry dude but then it becomes this like this circle that you can't break he gets attacked so he bulks up he bulks up which makes people think that they, he want they, he wants to fight him so then they fight him and he gets attacked yeah. and so he bulks up and it's just this, this circle that it just goes on forever and it's i mean i don't i don't have the answer and it's it's over with so we don't need an answer but i don't know man it's just this scene is I mean, fucking bizarre and it's it was like, honestly the the best way to go about it it really was cuz i mean it, i don't know it's the only it's the best way to to deal with the the shitsters at the punk shows back in the day you had to, you had to defend yourself. You had to defend your band. But these so. guys, these guys formed a band because they wanted to. They wanted to play shows and they wanted to be big. They wanted to make some money. They wanted to do stuff. They wanted to. They wanted to make it big, and yeah. and you can tell because when they never like Black Flag never even got big until well after they were not even a band, and so yeah, true. You can tell that it was frustrating for them because of the lineup changes because of the sound changes because of, of, of different things that they did. 
you know they wanted to be big. You know that they wanted to make money doing this. But but then they would still play these these shows and fight the fans. And it's like, well, dude, like pick a fucking side. Do you want to be like Guns N' Roses or do you want to just play shit shows like this all the time and, and never get anywhere? And I, I think that they never they never found like their 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 identity. They never yeah, because, they never found like an identity because they're, they're they're always stuck between pleasing their their punk fans, but don't spend any fucking money anyway. They don't punk fans don't fucking buy merch. They don't, they don't buy. They don't support <laughs> the band. They're they're stuck between that and then like wanting to make money and like quit their jobs, make and, a living. And, yeah, yeah, make a living, or at least not live in like a squat with fifteen other people. But and then I was I, I I don't remember what era I think it was the the Des era the Des Kadena era they were like they played their biggest show ever even to this day it was the biggest show they ever played they sold it out I think it was the Santa Monica or no the yeah it was it was oh, it was in Santa Monica it was some was Santa Monica like amphitheater or something yeah it was thirty five hundred capacity yeah they sold it out and this is before they I think it was before their first record so I think Des was still the singer. And, uh, and yeah, they, they've never done anything as big since then. That, that blew my mind. That, like, this, I, this band has no full length record. They're strictly out there because they've been busting their ass. They've been just, just have this reputation and they fucking sell out of That's a big venue. Like for any punk band, that is a big venue. Even for like artists nowadays, like, you know, House of Blues is what, like 1200 or maybe 1500. I mean, that's, and when a band sells out House of Blues, like bands that you and I like, Bouncing Souls sells out House of Blues, that's big. But fucking Black Flag before an out, one of their albums is out, selling out 3,500, that's impressive. It's, Truly impressive. But it's, dude, I, it's, it's more impressive that they haven't done it since. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Like for outside as, of like festivals. As outside inf- of festivals. As influential as Black Flag is, as much as people love Black Flag and will die for Black Flag, it's like, okay, well, Black Flag doesn't even like Black Flag. Like, the guys in Black <laughs> yeah. Flag were never fully committed. And even, even like, Rollins at some point kind of... Like, cause you, like you, you can see it when they did, uh, when they, when they did My Family or um, Family Man. Family Man, like, yeah. That was Rollins wanting to do his own thing and wanting to incorporate a completely different side of Black Flag and he was getting a really into poetry. He was getting really into spoken word stuff. And that's where his passion lies. Like his passion lies in music, but mostly in the editorial side of music. That's why he did that, that column for LA times for so fucking long, which oh, was right, huh? hit or miss. And we talked about that a lot too, before the, yeah. before we even started potting, we would always make fun of Rollins and <laughs> it was like, it was like half and half. We could praise him for his views, but then also make fun of him for his hyper aggression for his views. Yeah. But I not I even that we're like, we're, we're, it's not like we're like huge passive. We're not, we're not, we're not passive people. Like we don't mind like anger, anger or anything like that. But the way I've always viewed Rollins, like you said, it's just like, it, he takes it to another level, but then it, when you actually like really think about it and you look deep into like what he's been doing in his life, like it makes sense. Like it's, it's really not as annoying as we once thought it was. He's for me with Rollins. It's just like, why shout when you can just talk? Like why, why shout when you can whisper? It's, it's like being in a room with somebody and talking and having like an argument and they start yelling. It's like, why, why are you yelling? I'm fucking right here. Just talk normal. (laughs) Rollins is the guy that will just start yelling. 
to me, that's that's what Rollins is. Is is. But then that, we're also conditioned to think that because that's, that's all he does. <laughs> he uses a lot of adjectives to describe something that he could just say is big, and he'll use like fifteen adjectives to describe how big it is. And it's like, are you a fucking like are you? Well, yeah, I, I I was gonna I was gonna say what are you, and then insert like author here. But I don't read books, so I don't know any fucking authors. <laughs> I don't read books. Who, <laughs> who wrote Harry Potter? J- fucking uh, J.K. something. J.K. Just J.K. That's it. Just JK. no. It's like J.K. Salinger. J.K. something. You think J.D. Salinger who wrote Catcher in the Rye? Yeah. Who the fuck wrote Harry Potter books, bro? J.K. Rowling. Oh my god! I was just gonna say yeah. J.K. Rowling. Tip of my tongue. See, I don't no, read sure books. Was, yeah. Books are I'm like sure bullets. I don't. I don't read them. <laughs> Yeah, you don't read bullets either. Not many people do. Um, let's see here. Uh, do we got any more on Rise Above? I mean, it, <laughs> no. What are we talking about fucking Rise Above? <laughs> <laughs> lyrically, but I will say, okay, real quick. Lyrically, this is a good. I guess you could say, I, I kind of don't like using this this term anymore because it does sound very go. pretentious. But it, it's a good thesis statement for the rest of the record. It sounds so pretentious, and I, I got to stop using it because. I sound like a douche, mm. but it's good. But it, like it. It, 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 do, it does set up the rest of the record. Um, you know, just talking about how they rise above the, the, the mainstream, right. And rise above the mainstream mostly, but then it, he's also calling out rising above the punk scene and how close minded it is and simple minded it is and how dumb some of it is. So it, it's, it's kind of like he's bashing everything all at once. But m- more subtly, the, the 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 scene, the punk scene, the hardcore scene. So I, I like that, and it, it's a good way to to set it to set everything up. So yeah, it's it's just like this is a uh, this is a surprisingly good message, right? Like like it's yeah. it's it's presented in such an aggressive way. But if you were at church and and they were playing this, like your, your first reaction would be, "This is awful." But then you read the lyrics, and like, "Wow, this is actually really cool." Very positive, yeah. This <laughs> is very positive, and they don't, yeah. they don't like, they don't cuss a lot, like if ever. No, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he never, he never says fuck. I don't, I don't remember him ever saying fuck or shit. Unless I'm <laughs> never, crazy. Never swears. They just, it's, it's yeah, very, right, huh? it's very positive music for a very toxic genre and very toxic scene. You're totally right. Holy shit! Fucking huh, weird okay. band. This band is so bizarre. <laughs> there, but they're really good. They're really good. So, what do you got for your your two B, your two banger? Two uh, B for me is Wise Above. Wise Above. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay, then I guess my my two B is um, TV Party. So Good this one. Um, TV party night. <laughs> what does this one sit for you? That's my six B. This is probably okay. the most catchiest song on the album though as, as far as oh, like choruses totally. go this is probably the catchiest song on the album yeah it it, it is definitely the catchiest it, it was actually recorded three times too it was recorded once on the ep um and then TV it was recorded party. on this album what the ep tv party sure yeah the ep tv party uh this album and then also the soundtrack for repo man so i i didn't listen to all three versions but whatever uh, so yeah, it, it, there's three different versions of this song, and then th- uh, this song also reminded me a lot of Misfits, like the the catchy Damn. melodies. I got so so many Misfit vibes. That's from interesting. One. That's interesting. Is that is that what you put too? Kind of. So so I I said that that TV party is is like the birth of 
kind of like pop punk. This is this is some of like the earliest pop, really like straightforward pop punk that uh, like I've ever heard. And I hear a lot. I did I did write Misfits, but a band that took from the Misfits a lot because they're from the same area was the Balancing Souls. Dude, there's True, yeah. so much early Balancing Souls and from the Balancing Souls like self-titled album. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like jokiness. There's a lot of campiness. A lot of those, like you sing normally, but then when you're singing like a goofy chorus, you kind of sing like this. And you act all goofy. <laughs> that's, dude, that's fucking Balancing Souls. That's very, very true. But Bouncing Souls is they're from they're from Jersey and, and so are yeah. the Misfits. So like the Bouncing Souls I've I've always cited Misfits as a huge inspiration to them. Oh yeah. I mean you can you can totally hear it in Bouncing Souls. But then this band does not come from that area. I mean Rollins is the closest that comes to that area, but this song was written before that, so and I don't know if I really made the connection between the Misfits because of not only just the melody, but because of the song T V Casualty from the Misfits. Like and I like the the message of those two songs are very very similar, so I think that was another thing that that drew me to uh, to that comparison. But it's really good. So I'm gonna play a little bit of um, of TV Party and then we'll get into the lyrics and some other little fun facts about it. So here we go, TV Party, Black Flag. There it is, TV Party from Black Flag. I almost said the Bouncing Souls. You see, Jesus. it's a Bouncing Souls song. Bouncing after, Souls fucking rewrote this. After he planted that seed, like that was all I was thinking about was the Bouncing Souls. <laughs> Damn, okay. That's good. That's really good. That's good. Okay, so what, what else we got on this one? Lyric-wise, what do you got? Uh, this, is, this, is, uh, this is a song about how we are slaves to TV. And yeah. it's it's funny, funny, funny. It's funny because Rollins is still alive, and True. like holy shit, are we not slaves to technology now than we've ever been? And he does a lot of spoken word stuff, and I even heard like ten percent of it. But uh, he's still angry about it. He he still thinks <laughs> we're we're a bunch of cucks, and it's I don't know. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the lyrics. It, it's just about people. He's criticizing people watching who all the, their their whole personality is just going home, getting home from work, watching TV, just sloning out, um, and then just having no original thoughts, no real personalities. Like it kind of it kind of go, goes along with the um, the six pack song. They're they're very they're very much the same with his criticisms. You know how people are just they get so transfixed on on like one or two things and that that is their entire personality their entire life you can't have a normal conversation with that with them without talking about tv or beer and so it's a good it's a good take on on society of the time and especially like you said more so nowadays than ever it's almost like a like a bridge between like what because coming from like the 80s what rollins thinks is like the the outdated nuclear family and then like transitioning into what technology can become because yeah, like we are, we are way too attached to technology, but yeah. you know, like also technology does make things better. So it's not all bad, but I think true, here true. because of, of, of how old it is, I, I think it's coming off as just like all technology is bad, but I think that's a transition between like the traditional family into what will become a more technologically advanced family. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So it's it's a little outdated, but because it's so general, it still works. Yeah, you can still relate it to to everything that's going on nowadays, or really any time. But um, except for the so, twelve, the, like the fifteen hundreds, because there's no TV back then. <laughs> there's that too. There, there was the plague though, but and the Crusades, but you know, the Inquisition. That's a good song. That's a good movie. That's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that movie in probably like fucking probably almost 10 years. Really? Oh, yeah. That's so good. I love it. I love that movie. Let's begin the Inquisition. Logatson. <laughs> Dude, Mel Brooks is the best. I love Mel Brooks. That's a good one. Um, 3B. My 3B. Yeah, th- yeah, what do you got for 3B? Yeah, go. Uh, did I not put it at 3B? Oh, oh no, dude, de- depression. A, a later track, number tra- track okay. number nine. Engine, All right, what do you number nine? This, this is, is not uh, a banger for me though. It's good, but not a banger, dude. This is this song is rad. This is so chaotic. It's it's just really good, fast, aggressive punk with a cool instrumental melody. And a lot of the times they reuse a lot of the the, the melodies. And there's only you know there's only so many power chords they probably knew at the time. And this one, this one was a little bit different. And I don't think like mm-hmm. the, the vocal melody was there, even though I thought the song was really good. I thought the instrumentals were really cool here. And that's, um, I mean, that's, take that with a grain of salt because this band's not like fucking Van Halen or whatever, but. No, no, no. It's it's cool. I like this song a lot. I, I really, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I, I viewed it more as a, as a, like a straightforward punk song, but I, I get what you mean with the, like there's little guitar parts here and there that are interesting that unconventional for, for punk music at the time, but like definitely not wanky and weird like they were doing later on in their career, but it's a good song. It's definitely a good song. Um, lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, right? I mean, it's about depression, his depression. Yeah. It's a depressing song about being depressed. Yeah, it is. He talks about, you know, you know, kind of wallowing in his own self pity and, how it eventually gets to the point where it just boils up and it explodes and he becomes very violent and 
like he just, he it's kind of him also learning like how to deal with his own depression which is kind of it's very introspective and it's very it's not something a lot of people will talk about it's usually just people talking about how they're just so depressed all the time and that's it like there's there's no like lead up to it there's no there's no trying to resolve it there's no try there's nothing more than just saying i'm sad or i'm depressed over this one particular thing well, but very, he, he kind of goes out of his way to talk about it more extensively or more intricately it's it's very teen angsty i mean a lot of the the songs that were written here he was like 20 when when this came out so yeah. a lot of these are very teen angsty and I mean, he's not, dude, like Rollins has, has grown more than anybody in this band. And oh, totally. Like, like exponentially more than anybody in this band. And so I don't want to fault him because I think there are themes, not only like on this album, but specifically the song of depression. I think it's portrayed in a very childish way. It's very mm-hmm. black and white. It's very clear cut. I am depressed. Therefore, I am mad. So <laughs> I, I think like later on, Rollins will, will, dive deeper into just like more adult themes like that. But I, I it's, it's yeah. kind of cool to see where he started given that this yeah. is their first albums, whatever it's, it's, it's but still like, but like I was saying, like even when you compare it to like fucking a Goldfinger song, I don't know why Goldfinger was the first thing that came to my mind, but like when you, when you <laughs> listen to Feldman's lyrics, like on Goldfinger's Goldfinger about him being depressed about a girl, it's just like, He's like hyper focused on exactly why he's depressed, but he never talks about like how he gets out of the depression or how or what happens because of his depression and what what's the consequences of it. Like I feel like even though Rollins was so young, he was still more he he just he explained things better. He he wrote he like made more of a story out of it, I guess you could say. It wasn't it wasn't so one dimensional or one sided like a lot of emo and a lot of pop punk that we know nowadays or we've known yeah. in the last twenty five, thirty years. So like Rollins was even at a young age was taking in things more it was very deep for being so young and naive and so amateur, I guess you could say. So I gotta give him credit on that one. I, I think that's but probably like the best word is, is amateur. He's he's yeah. an amateur here. But the ideas are there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So should we play a little bit of depression? Yeah. Okay. So here it is from uh Black Flag. Do it. 
There you go. Depression from Black Flag. That is some beefy guitar tone too right there. That's a beefy guitar tone right there. <laughs> totally dig it. So good. It's very good. Very good. All right. So we got anything left on this song or, or what do you, what do you think? No, that's, that's fine. Okay. That's uh, good. So then my three B, my third banger is uh gimme, gimme, gimme the song right before this two uh, wildly different songs. And I guess kind of in the context of the, the record the gimme, gimme, gimme depression and room 13 or I don't know. They're well, maybe not room 13, but just gimme, gimme, gimme and depression are just wildly opposite songs and just tone wise, everything, which is kind of cool. Like he, he has such a, a range, a diverse range in what he's talking about and what he's kind of conveying when it comes to the, the feeling of the songs, but okay. yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme catchy. It's, I think it's one of the catchiest songs on the record. I mean, it's, it's the, the, the drums don't have that, that typical punk beat. It's kind of like that Motown thing that, that he does. And I don't know. It's, it's very, it's very, it's a very good song. That's that, sh- very short bridge. So that, that intro drum beat, that has to be because these guys are Ramones fans like they started this band because they thought they could do it just like the Ramones did, but that drum beat is is straight up like teenage lobotomy, like that is the yeah. fu- fucking drum yeah. beat. And like me first in the Gimme Gimmies did that same drum beat also on uh, Sloop John B <laughs> from Ruin Johnny's Bar Mitzvah. So yeah, maybe that's like that. It's it's already starting off very catchy, very upbeat, very it's it's already captivating you because you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I dig that. I do too. And like I said, that, that bridge is, I, I love it. Just the, the drums, bass and vocals right there. It's so punk. It's so punk of that era. I guess you could say it's very cheesy, but Dude, the repetition cheesy of gimme, 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 yeah. gimme, 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 more. Oh man. What a, what a fun song to see live. I'm sure would have been so good. Um, but yeah, so that, that's my number three. Um, okay. I guess I do want to play it real quick. Yeah, that's we'll fine. Jump into Play lyrics, it. or do you want to do lyrics first? What do you want to do? Uh, this, okay, so the, I guess we'll do lyrics first because I, I like how he did something here. I thought it was a little, was a little bit. I, I wrote okay. Okay. There you go. You ever seen Bruce Almighty when when yes, Steve Carell was talking? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny I do part. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like how he uses the word for twice. He he says, "Don't ask what for." And then he oh, counts then into the one, two, but it's not like one, two, three, four. It's very like slow, but the song's fast and the song's heavy and aggressive. But I, I like that he says, don't ask what's four. And this is one, two, three, four. So he's not like rhyming the fours, but he's kind of like using the fours together. It's, it's again, it's like planting the seeds of like a little bit of complexity that will be Henry Rollins. Like this is the beginning of mm-hmm. it. And just that, that little, that little snippet, it's just it's just like a like like a ray of sun peeking through the clouds is what it is. <laughs> I can see that? Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, good stuff. So my what I got lyrically, it's just him commenting on the on you know the corporatization of America and just how people have just been taken over by consumerism and they just it's just the 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 want for more and more of just stuff just stuff, toys, anything, you know, this is like the beginning of like real product placement on TV and in movies and commercials were just like, you know, 
crazy weird and just odd in the eighties. So it's just, it's his, it's his viewpoint, his criticism of all that stuff and how people need to like get back to more of a, like caring for each other and not just material objects and things. So that's what I got on this one. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much the same, same with me. Yeah. Okay, so here's uh here's gimme 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 from Black Flag. Juice more. <laughs> gimme gimme gimme. I need some more. Gimme gimme gimme. Go ask what for. What do they for? Stand here like a loaded gun. Wait, you go off. I got nothing to do but shoot my ass off. Gimme gimme gimme. Gimme some more. There it is, gimme, gimme, gimme from Black Flag. <laughs> Dude, those transitions just don't make any fucking sense. It's so bad. It's so bad, but I love it. I, I, this I, band is so, so cool. I, I feel like his one, two, three, four should be faster. Like he cheap one, two, three, four. Like they should be faster to help kick it up, but he just he purposely doesn't do that. I know he, he keeps in time with with that that intro or that bridge, <laughs> but then everybody else like speeds up. It's like he he wants he wants to like keep everything at the same tempo, but the band's like fuck it, we'll just go faster. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Bad but good. I love yeah. it. Yeah, bad but good. One. Bad but good. So. What do you got for your uh, number four? For oh no more, that was no uh, yeah no more. They're twelve. Oh, okay. That's my nine B. Twelve track. Um, this is cool. This okay. is this you're like like uh, so. This is written by Chuck, the bassist. Yes, one of and, the two songs, right? And it makes sense because the uh, there's a bass intro. And it's yes. just like a straight up bass intro. This one, this one, I like this one a lot because it's weird and it's so fucking dumb and how it builds up. It's just, it's so stupid. And then it goes into this really fucking cool drum part, which doesn't like fit at all with the album whatsoever. And then it eventually bleeds into another punk song, but like mm. nothing about it like fits with this album. No, nothing at all. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But I, it, I it's I so abrupt it. that change too. Yeah, it's a bad good. It's a bad good. Yeah, it's it's, it's a bad. It's a bad good. It's bad. that's <laughs> that's my four B. I think the uh, the the other song on here that that he wrote that Chuck wrote also started out with bass. I think so too. Let's see. I, for what song? I'm trying to think what song it is, but but anyway, yeah, I, th- I thought that was kind of funny. Both of them started out with bass. No other song. No other song. But 
Um, so yeah, yeah uh, that happens see, a lot. It does, but it's like, like very obvious on this one. Um, and I, I'm, everything else you said about it, I'm totally with. But lyrically, what I get on this song is that it's just him hating his life because he's just stuck in a, in a monotonous, shitty nine to five job, and it's just an endless cycle of shit. That's what this one is. Yeah, he's just he's he's feeling frustrated because he's essentially a slave to the system. He's living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. and he. He he he's hoping that there's more to it, but like, what the, what the, what like, what's he really gonna do? That's how a lot of a lot of people feel, especially nowadays. But yeah. uh, so, should we play a little bit of no more? I feel like we're we're blowing through these songs now. We're going through these. No, fights. I mean, there's I we haven't even talked about like anything else that they've done outside of the music, but yeah. Uh, so like, I, I, mean, I what, do. What do you, you want to do? So I I do want to say that that Greg Ginn, his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Ginn's brother is what his name is. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot what his I name is. Too. Raymond, Raymond uh, Ginn. But they, he, no, but it's he, not Raymond Ginn. It's Raymond no, it's Peterson. Raymond or, no, that, that was his pseudonym. That was like what he used. Yeah, yeah. But that's what he was known for. His, right. his, his, his God name, his, his Christian name was, was Raymond Ginn. And he had a bunch of pseudonyms that he used to do. And he's kind of like, like the catalyst for this band becoming even semi-popular because he did like all of the artwork. He's responsible for the name. He, he encouraged these guys to go out and post up flyers and much in like the, the Danzig mentality, like the amount of flyers these guys would pepper Los Angeles with at the time was like 500 per show. I read per show. Yeah. Like per show, they'd go out and just post 500 flyers and they would do like the, the, you put, you put the pace on the wall on the pole, whatever you're doing, put the flyer up and then paste over it again. So it was a pain in the ass to fucking take off. (laughs) I thought about doing that too for the podcast. I mean, that's dude, that is, that's (laughs) fucking rad. I'd be totally down to do that. That's, that's it so obnoxious cool. and funny. Yeah. But it's it's just like this this band's work ethic of of getting their name out, of promoting themselves, of being just so positive, but then also being like very socially conscious and not not one of my bangers, but police story. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty that's a pretty uh what do you what do you how do you what do you with this word of time. with this <laughs> word <laughs> A controversial song, a, a very provocative song. I'm, I'm looking for a word here. I'm not finding it, though. The, the, I guess it was like the precursor to gangster rap because a lot no. of people have said that this was like, this is the this is the original version of Fuck the Police, but more, I guess, subdued or less violent, I guess you could say. Well, the, the cover art for the single, if they did a single, but like the, the Raymond... Um, Gin did some cover and he drew a picture of a gun in a police officer's mouth with a, oh, yeah, a, yeah. a person's hand on the trigger with a finger on the trigger and it was in the police officer's mouth so like this band this band is not shy in any way of of fucking the police the difference mm-hmm. obviously being this is is more fuck the police because they won't let me party as opposed to like NWA <laughs> saying fuck the police because they're fucking with me because I'm black like there's yeah. a there's a, there's a bit of a difference, but the overall mindset is kind of the same. It's kind it's of the there. Same, yeah. We're, we're yeah. being targeted for something that I'm not. Like I'm not mm-hmm. just a I'm not just a kid. There's some I'm a person. 
And the same thing with like NWA and gangster rap and fucking the police even still today. It's and fine. and how and this song the police story song as well was kind of uh, them talking about how the police would come to their shows to to break up fights or whatever but they but they would say like 80% of the time the cops would make it worse and they'd end up beating the shit out of other people at the shows including the band so like the police ended up making all the shows way more violent and worse than they could have been well i don't they just wanted to <laughs> I mean, fuck with people too yeah you that's know, the 70s and 80s man i don't know if you talked to a friend of the pod i don't want to say his name but his dad was a <laughs> oh was yeah a, was a police the officer, LAPD. yeah. And I don't know if you ever talked to his dad, but his dad used to, would would say things like, "Oh yeah, we f- fuck people up all the time. No reason, like fuck them up. Who cares? No cameras <laughs> I've back heard then." The stories. I've and heard like, the stories. And yeah. like, yeah, it's you know that was that was like the mindset, and like there are no fuck, there were no cameras, so it was like a license to kill almost. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, no, the, and this the, was. What? No, sorry. Go. I was just—I was gonna say this guy Raymond. I look—I just looked it up right now. Raymond Pettibon, which is like pseudonym, but he was born Raymond Ginn. I and okay. and uh, like that was that was his name. But he was like the person that that really drove this band forward and and getting them out there. All the artwork is by him. Then, like I said, the name is by him. The iconic black flag is by him. Everything this band stood for is is because of this dude. And yeah, he was the one. Cool. He was he was also the one who encouraged them to go out and start spray painting the uh, the logo everywhere, all over L.A. And that's what they did. And then eventually, LAPD and other police jurisdictions they were uh, they like made them made Black Flag like a, a gang, like a gang, like an organ gang organization, I guess you could say, uh, because of all the vandalism and the the violent citing violence and or inciting violence and all that kind of stuff. So they got a, they got in some trouble just for that, just for spray painting their logo logo everywhere. Dude, then Crazy this band shit. has had like so much controversy with like their label and distribution, and 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 in such a short period of time, like yeah, we we talk a lot about bands that have tiffs with their record labels, and they last like ten years, and they're contractually obligated to put out X amount of records, so they'll put out like a live record or a comp or whatever to get out of the contract. But that lasts, you know, eight years. This band had it over the course of like a year. Yeah. And it was it was so short. And like the only way they even got out of it was because whatever record the, the, the unicorn records or whatever it was that they were contractually obligated to like went out of business and they just like lost all the money. Yeah. And so like, oh fuck yeah, we're free. Yeah, but, but it then, took it it took like a year and a half, I think two years or something like that before they they went bankrupt and I think from what I was reading or kind of what I, what I got from it, I guess Unicorn was, had been bought out by MCA, but they were doing so bad. So I, from what I got is that they signed, they signed black flag knowing that they weren't going to sell anything. And it was a way for like Unicorn to, to file bankruptcy or to, or to, to kind of fuck over MCA and get out of whatever dealings they had with MCA. And then eventually like this album damage was, was shelved. There was like, it was, I guess like there were 20,000 copies pressed and ready to be sold, but everything was being held up at the factory. And then it seems like there's a lot of shady business going on with the signing of the band to this label and, and all of that, that shit. Oh, for sure. I, I super weird. I, I think, I think you like, right. Cause I, I was reading, I, I was reading that too. And I, I think, I think they knew that if they, if they distributed this MCA would lose money. Mm-hmm. But because there was a contract involved, 
they could still do it if they wanted to do it, but like they didn't want to do it because then it would kind of fuck over the band, but at the same time fucking over MCA. So it was more like a lesser of the two evils. But then for a while, Black Flag weren't allowed to even use like Black Flag, so they would just tape little pieces of paper over the over the word black and just have like flag showing and then their iconic symbol and then mm-hmm. pass out like EPs and shit like that. And that was like legally okay because, you know, the letter of the law states that you have to do this and they did that to get around it. And I, it's like, it's so stupid. Like all of it is so stupid and it's so, it's so early punk. And nowadays mm-hmm. it's, it just sounds so stupid, but I mean, you hate this girl, but Taylor Swift is, was still kind of dealing with this kind of stuff. I don't hate Taylor even, Swift. Even nowadays. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that we think we've come so far, but as, as society, but we, we, we actually haven't. And record labels are still taking advantage of their, of their artists. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, you do hate That's Taylor Swift. That's, it's fine. Though. I like Taylor Swift. She's, she's not she's for everybody. Good. She's good. She's good. I like her. Uh, and then real quick too, on, on the song police story. This was the song that Rollins sang at his audition for the band. I guess he, when Ron or somebody, I guess Des had quit the band and then Rollins had filled in just like briefly on stage. But then when they actually properly auditioned with him, they did this song, Police Story. That was his admission into the band was with this song. So I thought that was cool. But... uh, I think we, I think we pretty much covered all of the the artwork and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I mean the artwork with, is just that's that's Greg's band. Oh, Greg's that's, brother. With the cover art, oh no, yeah, yeah, the cover yeah. art. Well, the cover oh, no, art. No, no, just, just, uh, the, the cover art is wrong. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So uh, pretty much all the art outside of this cover art was done by Greg's brother, but the cover art for Damaged was done by oh, fuck. I think I wrote his name down. His name was Ed Ed Culver. Um, so it's just a picture, if you've never seen it, it's a picture of a mirror, a broken mirror, and then Henry Rollins is in the mirror with his fist on it, but he didn't actually punch it. They broke it with a hammer. Yeah. They put like they put ink and like coffee on his on his fist to make it look like just it was blood caused from the punch, but yeah, it was ink and red ink and coffee. So that was kinda lame. But this is actually like um, my least favorite. I like the cartoony aspect of the cover arts. And I I mean too. I don't dislike this 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 cover. I think it's like a perfect and like a perfect representation of the album. But if you were following the band prior to this and if you follow them a little bit more closely, like this is not this is not a good cover. It's not <laughs> in bad. The context just, of, yeah, in, yeah. In the context of their their all their other covers. Right. This is one of the worst. But the worst being the the what the record cover that Ron Reyes created. You like that one? I mean, it's, it's not really. goofy. It's okay. But... It's goofy, but it's it's kind of dumb. And then reading like how the the fan reaction to it, people just have just oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually at when we first started collecting. I was at Radiation Records out here in Fullerton, and they they primarily focused on punk and like obscure metal. And I was talking to them about Black Flag, and I was just telling them, like I don't know much. I mean, I'm into punk, but I'm not. I've never been into Black Flag. And then they're like, oh, yeah, have you ever seen this cover? And it was the cover for What The... And they were just ripping it. They were like, if you look at it, it just looks like they, they printed it off of like some shitty printer from like back then and then just made that the album cover. It's all pixelated. And then sure enough, like it really is. It's super pixelated and just fucked. But that's and like the, that's the point apart. of the album, right? Is is to, to re- kind of is, recapture yeah. their original sound, their original themes. But 
elevate it a little bit, but still keep it, you know, classic. Yeah, yeah. But these guys, you know, they're, they're kind of purists and, you know, they, they hated it. They don't, they think the record's all, I remember them talking about like, yeah, the record's okay, but, you know, it's just not like, then they would like rattle off whatever songs or other Black Flag records, I don't remember, but... Yeah, they they hated that album cover. I remember, and they were just talking shit on, the, especially the current era with Mike Vallely too. On bunch vocals. of cucks. Like, people hate that that version of Black Flag. I also thought because Vallely joined in like 2013 around that area, I thought the last album was him on vocals. I thought before I listened to it, I thought yeah. he did one album, uh, like like uh, in studio. I thought that was going to be him on vocals. Mm, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. I didn't sense. know that wasn't him. Yeah, I, I didn't. I really didn't even think about it until right before I listened. I, I just looked up real quick who sang on it, thinking it might have been Rollins, but no, it, it was Reyes. But yeah, interesting. This band, this band is super interesting, and, very, and I, I, I really want to get more into like the documentaries and and just honestly, just Henry Rollins. I think he's he's a really interesting person, very interesting, and I am. I'm, I'm like, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed, but I'm really going to dive deep more into his stuff. Just he everything did, about him. He did like a bunch of poetry stuff too. Like in, I think it was either like 2004 or like 2014. Like a, like mm. a, I don't know. He released like a bunch of like a four, a four disc set or compilation or whatever it was for his like poetry. And, and hmm. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I'll look into it. I'll, I'll see, I'll see what it is and maybe I'll, maybe I'll become a poetry man now. Who knows? I, I will say, like, I don't read a lot of books, but I have read, like, a lot of, uh, I don't know, like, poetry. How sophisticated of you. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird. I, I do, even, like, even if I don't understand it, I still, I still like enjoying it. Like, even, like, Shakespeare stuff, I don't understand, like, fucking a lot of the stuff that he writes. Like, The Merchant of Venice, I, I have it on vinyl, and I listen to it, and I don't really... I listened no to it idea twice. What's going on. It's fucking four discs, dude, and <laughs> like it's long, but I I enjoy it. I I enjoy the pacing. Like I have a lot of spoken word stuff, and and honestly, Walt Whitman was the person that got me into it. Like like uh, that was wow, what was that fucking store called over in, in Tustin? It was on. I think it was on Tustin. The, uh, Mr. Bookman. What's it called? Oh, Bookman. Oh, Bookman. 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 Yeah, that was, place. I love that bookstore. Yeah, dude, that place. Yeah, I bought I bought a lot of like poetry from that guy. I mean, I don't know if it's Mr. Bookman, if that's even his name, <laughs> if he's even owned by a guy named Mr. Bookman. But he, he sold me he sold me like a lot of poetry. And the first one that I got was a Walt Whitman because it was like my first semester in college or something. And and I took like I think it was like history of rock. And I was looking for something else. And he's like, well, if you like, I think it may have been Bob Dylan too. I was looking for. Ugh. Some memoir or something, and he's like, "Well, if you like this, you should check this out." And he gave me like, like fucking Walt Whitman did, and that was, I don't Interrupt. know, Le- dude. I Leaves did. of Grass, I think, is 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 fucking phenomenal. It should be like a staple in anybody's poetry collection. I just think you're it. so not that at all. You even talking about this is so weird. I just so i i i don't like books, but I love poetry. Even that, that's weird. Maybe maybe that's why I like like Jim Morrison so much, because he writes a lot of poems that are really stupid sometimes, much like Rollins, dude. Guy. But, uh, well, may, again, maybe you'll look at BD and JM in different eyes now that you're a lyric man. 
that you're a poetman. Definitely not Bob Dylan. Definitely not Bob Dylan. But Henry Rollins, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in with Rollins. So, um, do we do we have anything else to say about this record? What do you What do you want to do? I want to know what you want to do. I don't think I really have anything else like super important, bruh. Okay. But um, I would definitely be down to do another Black Flag record down the road. I think that would be cool. I, think, I, I do want to get more into his lyrics. I, I think like like um, Family Man is the only other one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise we're, just re- we're rehashing what we're just talking about now. Uh, I mean, there there is so much more to talk about. We could totally talk about Rollins more, but I think I think what we should do at some point is do a Rollins band record or do something. You know, maybe one of a spoken word records. That would be that would be unheard of for us to do a spoken word record. Oh man! But it could be cool. Be, well, we I mean, we almost did one with the Bob Dylan stuff. That's the closest we ever got to a strictly yeah, spoken just, word. I, I just I don't get Bob Dylan, man. I don't get it. I tried. You might, dude. You might. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. You might. Okay. Uh, so so let's wrap it up. Um, what are your final thoughts on this record? And then we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to it. One is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is a uh, trash fire. So what do you got, Jeff? You, you usually go, go, and then I talk, but oh, that's go. fine. Yeah, go. Wait, that's all go. right. Um, so... This album is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Like, fucking exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be hardcore punk of this era. I thought it was going to be half, like, phenomenal and half just repetitive. The same song over and over. Like, dude, I I fucking, I knew, I knew this was going to be like this, but... I thought this was going to be the best of their entire discography. I thought this was going to be the best thing they've done. And I thought mm. I was going to think most of their stuff sounds like this. So on the one hand, I was not surprised. But on the other hand, I was fucking surprised because family <laughs> man, family man really surprised me. And, and that was just, I mean, that was, that's one of the coolest albums I've, I've heard in a long time. That I was just, cool. I am, I am, I might even give that on like a perfect three, but, Ooh. but you do black, black flag. I, I think like their, their, their ethic. I think, I think it's silly not to think that they didn't want to make it big, that they didn't want to be Van Halen, that they didn't want to play huge venues and make a bunch of money. I think that's silly to think. I, mm. I don't, I don't think anybody that starts a band and starts playing a lot of shows too. They played like 180 shows a fucking year. I, I think lot, we, yeah. when you're playing 180 shows a year, you want to make a living. And true, so true, true. I, I, I think like it's a little disingenuine to categorize Black Flag as like the quintessential hardcore punk DIY because that's just that's poor people talk, man. That's fucking poor people talk. Everybody wants to make it big in a band. You don't start a fucking band and be like, you know what? Let's be the most mediocre band and play just like shows to like 20 people. That sounds dope. Nobody fucking does that. And so like Black Flag has been has been put on this pedestal as, as like this the greatest fucking DIY hardcore punk band of all time. That wasn't by choice. <laughs> that was that was just because of the era that they were in. And now, you know, retro retroactively, retrospectively. Yeah, retrospectively, yeah. We look back and we're like, holy shit, they were so ahead of their time. But they didn't know that. 
they thought they were going to make it big and they never did and it pissed them off and that's why they kicked out so many fucking people and that's why there's so many problems that's why there's so much fighting within the band it's because they weren't making money and they didn't make money and they're probably still not making a ton of money so yeah take that for what it's worth but i think to idolize black flag as something more than just another hardcore punk band is silly because yes maybe they were like the first ones and i don't know a lot about like the hardcore punk scene but dude they made what fucking seven records mm-hmm. yeah most three, of them within three, like a year yeah three of which are completely irrelevant i could fucking care less and then one of the top four was recent. So like yeah. my top three Black Flag albums came out, 84, 84, 81. So within three years of each other, this band is just, dude, this band is hardcore punk and then it's, it's been done. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They, they ripped themselves off like in their first album and it's whatever. It's good. It's good, but it's not great. It's okay. Not great. That's fair. That's fair. So what do you got? What, ranking wise, what do you got? Or uh, rating wise, this is two point five. This is solid two point five. I, there I, it is. I would never, I would never give this more than two point five, but it doesn't deserve anything less than a two point five. That's very fair. I, I, usually I criticize you for your rankings, but that's that's totally fair. There's a lot of things that this band has done that is, I mean, one of my favorite bands of all time, The Balancing Souls clearly has taken from the from the black flags also the misfits uh but like yeah. clearly the black flags and so you know maybe maybe there would be no bouncing souls without black flags i don't know but what i do know is the amount of shows that we've gone to like in him we didn't even talk about any of like the because the i'm sure you watched a lot of rollins harassing people over the yeah. past week <laughs> but like all of those shows like we've gone to those shows even in like when we were in high school in the 2000s they were the same type of shows people dressed the same people acted the same bands yeah, did true. interviews like that outside the show outside the venue the same so we've been to those shows so something's changed but some things don't change and and the mindset of just watching live music doesn't change but I mean, I don't know. That really has nothing to do with what I was talking about. But um, just don't don't put Black Flag on such a high pedestal because they're not that good. They're really not that good. It's what they represented that that makes them so great. I guess you could say. Yes. That's more of what it was. Yes. But, uh, my final thoughts. I mean, this was this is what I was expecting because I have heard this record several times. But the discography in general did not expect that. I have a, I have a newfound respect for Henry Rollins. Like I was saying through most of the the pod and uh yeah i, I was just i was kind of blown away by him and he deserves a lot of the credit he, he receives i feel like he's he's a misunderstood character um in the punk scene but he, he's an intelligent guy and a lot of respect from greg ginn I, I he does seem kind of like the the problem behind this whole band he he's obviously very driven and very ambitious but you know he's clearly the problem like people have left the band because of him it seems and one of the reasons why henry rollins has never reunited with this band was because of Greg Ginn. um but i mean they 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 are influential and i understand why they're so influential musically they're not the greatest they're sloppy they're messy but that's their charm but what they did for the scene what they represented in the scene was very important i feel like just as important if not more important than 
the big three of Sex Pistols, Ramones, and The Clash. They Black Flag deserve just as much credit as those bands do. They, they, they really, I mean, they deserve do. more credit than the Sex Pistols. That's oh, for yeah, definitely, sure. yeah, definitely more credit than the Sex Pistols because they're garbage. Because at least the Black Flag have good music to back up everything that they stand for. Sex Pistols, not the case whatsoever. They're, they're, they're the biggest record label plant of all punk music. The Sex Pistols are. It's they didn't even hide it, though. Press. Like, that's, that's even more disgusting. Yeah, they never true. even yeah, they fucking hit it. it. That's <laughs> nasty. That is perverse. <laughs> but, but yeah, so Black Flag, I, I love this record. I, it is my favorite record of theirs. And I just love the, the craziness of it all. And uh, I'm going to have to give this record a 2.8. 2.8. It's not okay. perfect. But, man, it, it really gets the job done. If you really want to listen to good, hardcore punk music... Of this of the eighties, like this is one of the go to bands for that. They're just they're fun. They're straight up fun on this record. So there you go. That's my those are my final thoughts and my rating on this record. Two point eight, you gave it a two point five. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not you know, bad at all. Yeah, yeah, not bad. So uh we got anything else to say? No, that's uh that's it, that's all, kid. Okay, so go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on their followers on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening if you're still listening. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Wow. Good great. For me, it's fun. Um, 80s just a. I was we were born in the 80s too. 80s just sucked for everything the the world and the 80s just to be erased from existence except for us because then we couldn't do the pod. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. But good point. but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like pee. Yeah, you could definitely see through it. Yeah, it does, it does look like pee. <laughs> I should put it next to my uh, my Vandals record, Live Fast Diarrhea. So you got pee and poop. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a bass amp oh, yeah. on top of it. A bass amp that was broken doesn't even work. It's not bro- shut the fuck out of here. Of course it works. Shut the fuck out of here. Just shut the fuck out. You better <laughs> shut the fuck out of here right now. <laughs> <laughs>